How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Fall boy. Whew. It don't get no better than that. College football is back. People in the stands is back. School's back in. And you already know what that means. That means an opportunity for the Ohio State Buckeyes. And you know, as we always do here on the Barbershop, we talk to this guy every single, every single week, pretty much every single week, going into the uh, into the season, during the season. Uh, we go to the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline, and we bring in uh, Steve Hellwagon of 24-7 Sports and Bucknuts.com. What's going on today, Steve? Oh, not too much. Not too much. Basking in the glow of that Browns victory last night. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. We, we Excited about that. But I'm really excited about uh, excited about the Buckeyes, and let me tell you why. Um, you know, th- there is, as a team says, right? You know, when you look at over the, the length of, of a program, right? You always can mark the different eras, and when somebody became a star, I, I remember when when JT Barrett, and you know, uh, you know, came into and he, and he took the job, right? And and then you got Cardell Jones, and he comes in and he has the Braxton Miller, Cardell Jones, and JT Barrett, and then we got the Justin Field era. We, we, so you have all these different eras, and there's always these signature games in which, you know, we find out who's the top receiver, top running back, or, or the, the quarterback that's going to lead uh, the Buckeyes for two, three years. And so now there's an opportunity to see, you know, I believe the running back position is up in the air. I think the quarterback position is up in the air. And I'm really excited to see what those two positions can, can, uh, can bring to the table. Uh, and what's your thoughts on – uh, those two positions, the quarterback and running back room, and has anybody separated themselves uh, in terms of going into the fall camp? Yeah, that's those are great questions to start out. And you think about the quarterback position, you've got C.J. Stroud, a redshirt freshman who saw a little bit of action last year in relief of Justin Fields. When he got banged up in the Clemson game, the Sugar Bowl, the national semifinal in the playoff, and had to go out for a play, they put Stroud in the game for one play near the goal line, and he handed the ball off. And then Fields came back in and was almost uncanny, as we say, just throwing the touchdown pass as they really stuck it to Clemson in that uh, semifinal game. So you'd say Stroud may have the upper hand. Uh, he's got a classmate, Jack Miller, also a redshirt freshman. Uh, Stroud is from Rancho Cucamonga, California. Miller's from the Phoenix area. Then they have a true freshman from Philadelphia, Kyle McCord. So that'll give you an example. They recruit these guys nationally now to come to Ohio State and play. And it has been uh, a great competition in, through two weeks of preseason camp. 
And obviously, we are just inside three weeks. Uh, I don't know the exact number, probably 18 days till the first game against September the 2nd uh, at Minnesota. And, and obviously, between now and then, uh, Coach Day will anoint somebody as the starter. It seems like it's Stroud is probably the guy that has the inside track. Uh, he's been very consistent, very accurate throwing the football, and has also got uh, the ability to run the ball as well. He's not quite as big as Fields, so I don't think he's indestructible. I mean, Fields, it was hard to hard to get him down. He was kind of a bulldog at times. Uh, and we saw a little bit of that yesterday when he was running the ball for uh, the Chicago Bears. He had a, a running touchdown in his uh, exhibition debut yesterday, so that's kind of the situation there. I think they're nearing Stroud being the guy, but maybe not quite all the way there yet. They've still got a few practices this week to sort it out. And then uh, running back, you've got Master Teague, and he's back in the best shape of his career, it appears. And uh, he split time with Trey Sermon last year. Looks like Master Teague may get the first call, but you've got Mayan Williams, who was uh, pretty good. Uh, in a backup role last year, he actually was credited with a redshirt year, didn't play enough to, to count as a full year of eligibility. And then you've got a true freshman, Travion Henderson, coming in uh, from Virginia. Now, his high school did not play uh, last year because of COVID, so he's shaking off a little bit of that rust. But uh, he's a guy to watch out for as well. So you got three good candidates, both positions. And, uh, you know, I don't know that you're going to see three quarterbacks play. I think you probably will see three running backs rotate uh, quite a bit based on the situation. But a uh, great situation, great depth for the Buckeyes to have. Speaking of depth, um, <clears throat> you know, if you can find a quarterback or whoever the quarterback is going to be, uh, he's going to have an opportunity to, to, to throw to, in my opinion, um, one of the best receiving cores of, I mean, this I don't want to throw hyperbole out there, but on paper, this is one of the most talented receiver groups I've seen in a long time, led by Chris Olave. Garrett Wilson is in there. Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, 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 Smith and Jigba is a guy who I think his hands are next-level hands. I, I think the only, the only reason people don't know that much about him is the, op the opportunity to get the ball. If you can find anybody to throw these guys the rock, I mean, I think that this is probably one of the best receiving cores Ohio State has put out um, in a long time. What are your thoughts on on what they provide and and and, and why they are uh, are really special? Yeah, you got to be optimistic seeing what we saw in the spring out of these guys, and obviously what we've seen in three years out of Chris Olave, two years out of Garrett Wilson, two of the best wide receivers in the country. I don't know that they're going to pile up eighty catches or anything absurd like that, but. Last year, uh, there were several games where they both were in the five or six catch range with 100 yards. They had uh, multiple games where they both had 100 yards. So uh, can they rely on some other guys this year? That's the big thing. Jackson Smith, the Jigba, he'll be back as a sophomore, as well as Julian Fleming. Those two guys were two of the top uh, high school wide receivers in the country coming out last year. And then this year, they got two of the top wide receivers in the country coming out in the uh, 2020 class with Marvin Harrison Jr. out of Philadelphia. And uh, his uh, partner, his classmate, uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now, the other freshman wide receiver, oh, Emeka Buka. Hard to, hard to forget the number one wide receiver in the country coming from Washington State. Again, from all over the country, these guys are coming. I mean, Olave's from uh, California. I mean, it's... It is crazy that uh, they go nationwide to get the best players. 
and uh, they go about six deep there at the wide receiver position. And uh, so we'll see. The cream will rise to the top. Uh, I do believe those freshmen, Harrison and Abuka, are going to get a chance uh, to really shine this year because, again, when you want to beat the best teams in the country, you've got to have your best players on the field. So there's no reason for Olave and Wilson to play deep in some of these games when they get a chance to blow these teams out, get some of the other younger guys in the game and uh, take it from there. But, uh, you know, you kind of take a page from Alabama. You see all the playmakers that they threw at Ohio State last year in that championship game. So many different guys catching passes and making plays. That's the kind of offense Ohio State can have this year. And and really, I mean, when you look at it, you have a young quarterback, but the other 10 positions are going to be manned by guys who have experience. And if those 10 guys do their job, they will make it so much easier for those uh, young quarterbacks to flourish. Talking to Steve Hellwagon of 24-7 Sports and Bucknuts.com. Um, you know, Steve, when you look at it, it, it in, in a big picture, um, I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, the big news a, a couple of days ago or, or a few weeks ago is the fact that Oklahoma and Texas uh, move into the SEC. Um, <laughs> the two-part question is, um, did you kind of see that happening, your thoughts on that transition? And then the second thing is, how what, what's what's the transition uh, for Ohio State, the Big Ten, uh, the, the Pac-12, uh, some of the you know other conferences, uh, even the ACC, talking about some sort of alliance? What would that alliance look like? Uh, how does that affect Ohio State? Uh, so I, I really want to just pick your brain on, on both those two subjects uh, in, in the climate of college football as far as conferences go. Yeah, very interesting time that we're living in. I think that was spurred on by the pandemic. Ohio State, as an example, lost $50 million to $60 million last year because they didn't get to have their seven home games with all that ticket revenue and parking revenue, concession revenue, uh, memorabilia, shirts, you know, hats, everything that they sell at the game. Uh, so uh, that really put a dent in a lot of these athletic departments across the country. And I think Texas went to its partner, Oklahoma, and I know they're rivals, but in this sense, they became uh, partners in, in leaving the Big 12 and marketing themselves as a package for the SEC. And I think they said, look, I mean, the Big 12 – you know, for the last decade or so or however long they've had it, almost 20 years now, has been good for them. But there is something better out there, and it's the SEC. And the SEC looked at it and said, you know, for Alabama, Auburn, Texas A&M, all those other schools that are in the SEC, they looked at it and said, well, if we had Texas and Oklahoma, we could all make more money off of that and off of them. And Texas and Oklahoma can make more money as well. So it's all about money. So that's what it was about. And I don't know the exact numbers. Let's say that the Big 12 pays those schools $40 million a year for television. Maybe the SEC with this new configuration will be able to pay them $60 million a year. But it was some kind of a major jump in revenue that uh, Texas and Oklahoma, behind the scenes, very quietly, marketed themselves to the SEC. And, boy, they kept it under wraps until the day they were ready to spring it on the world. And it got out finally. And the Big 12 is in a very tough position. They, they are left with eight schools that none of which for football really move the needle. I mean, none of them are what you'd consider top national brands. I mean, there's some good schools there, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, West Virginia, Kansas State, and then some other ones, you know, Texas Tech and Baylor and TCU and Kansas. I mean, that's what's 
that's what's left. I mean, it's a great basketball conference, but it's really not, you know, those eight schools, it's really not going to be uh, a top, top uh, football conference. So what the future of that holds, I don't know. I would not want to see the Big Ten add two teams just because they feel they have to match the SEC to get to 16 teams. Because unlike the SEC adding Texas and Oklahoma and enriching Alabama, Auburn, and Texas A&M, and they all make more money as a result of that move, there's nobody that, that the Big Ten can add anywhere near this footprint that would bring in more revenue for Ohio State or Michigan. It would be a, a, a revenue uh, drag to bring in Iowa State or Kansas State or whoever in this footprint uh, to fill that spot. The only one is Notre Dame, and they've always kind of relished their independence, and it's unclear whether they would ever want to be part of a conference. And they did play in the ACC last year just out of a, out of a uh, kind of a – they were sent a life raft basic, basically when there weren't going to be a lot of non-conference games. So that's interesting to think about. So unless it's two schools that are going to bring more revenue for the existing schools, expansion doesn't make sense. And they added Maryland and Rutgers, and it brought more revenue because you've got all of the TV homes on the East Coast now involved with the Big Ten Network, and you're able to charge money for that. And so Ohio State, as an example, their annual pay increased because they added uh, Maryland and Rutgers. You don't see it on the field. You're not impressed with what Maryland and Rutgers do in terms of football, but the bottom line, uh, the money, you know, you think about the millions of homes on the East Coast up and down that seaboard, they're now all Big Ten homes. So that was something to think about. Uh, last thing about that alliance, I think it is a very smart thing. for The, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten have always been aligned with the Rose Bowl, and I think it's very smart for them to continue to have some kind of alignment and the ACC as well. I think that that is very important, and I'll tell you that the main thing I think about, I don't think about consolidation or one mega league or a 30-team league or you know two 15-team leagues or whatever. I don't worry about that. What I think about is a voting block. Now the SEC has 16 schools, and they may want certain legislation and certain things done at the, uh, you know, the overall level for football, whether it's NCAA or whoever you know, takes over major college football one day. Uh, I think those three conferences are very smart to align one another and line up their votes in a way that they can keep the SEC in check, so to speak, on any kind of major changes to the format of the, of the sport, college athletics and uh, anything else so i think it's very smart to in this instance find some allies to work with because uh, it's obvious who your enemies are right now uh really quickly i want to just ask you this question um as one of the most uh crazy things that i saw was when texas and oklahoma this kind of sprung up and and it it was you know made known that they're going to go to the sec Name, image, and likeness came up. Uh, there's a Supreme Court ruling on how much institutions can. Um, there's no cap so certain on certain uh, institutional prices. So you know, if your price of your scholarship is, you know, I, I don't know, say put a monetary amount on it, hundred thousand dollars or something. Um, schools are no longer prohibited. NCAA can't say you you can only give players this amount of money uh, for for books or institutional cost for the cost of scholarships, which a lot of people read in the tea leaves of saying that, that that's kind of a, a, a sort of antitrust language to, to make it to a point where schools could possibly play players down the line. 
with, with all of this happening, my question is, as I'm sitting back, and for most people, we're sitting back wondering and question, why why does these schools need the NCAA? Like, what it, from an administration standpoint, um, what's stopping teams like this SEC or the Big Ten with Michigan and, say, Clemson and, you know, uh, Notre Dame? What's stopping them from saying, well, we really don't need you guys. We'll just do this football thing and figure out the school later. What's stopping yeah. that? You make a very good point. And, uh, you know, I think the one thing that keeps the NCAA afloat right now is the basketball tournament. And I just say that, I mean, it's a billion-dollar contract that they have with CBS and Turner uh, to cover the tournament. And, uh, you know, I, I don't have all the details on how that money is all parceled out and what it really means and everything. Um, and, and I don't know that that's going to be the deciding factor in all this because football really, major college football really rules the roost. I mean, that's where most of Ohio State's revenue for academics comes in. So to me, I think that it's very much in doubt what the future of college athletics is. It could be a situation where they separate football under a, under a new governing body, but still remain members of the NCAA for the other sports, baseball and, and women's basketball and ba- men's basketball and whatever else. It's very difficult to say what the future is going to hold. The problem with the NCAA was it's just not very nimble. And you have 350 members for basketball and you have 120 some members for major college football and really only 60 or so of them are power five teams. And so it's just hard to get everybody to agree on anything and so I think those major college uh, power five football teams are going to want their own autonomy at some point to dictate their destiny on what's going on and maybe not share the money with the Mac schools or, uh, you know, who, I just use that as an example. So uh, it is very interesting what the future holds. Uh, I don't know, uh, you know, I can't predict it, but I think that's what we're moving toward is somewhere where, Power Five just has this uh, hold on football, and everything else may still be under a separate umbrella. But again, um, you know, the NCAA is the schools. People criticize the NCAA, but all the rules and the application of the rules and everything that's part of the NCAA was established by committees of people from the schools. So it's not a situation where there's a governing body in Indianapolis that's running this thing without oversight from the schools. So Again, it's just too big, too unwieldy, and, uh, you know, I wish we had a commissioner of college sports or a commissioner of, uh, of college football who could just, you know, come in with some common sense fixes to get this all the way that, that we as the end user, the consumer, would like to see it. That, that would be wonderful. Steve, thank you so much. We'll talk to you again down the line. All right, bud. Take care. All right. Steve Hellwagon of 24-7 Sports. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.